You know how some people just seem to show up out of nowhere as a success? I mean, you're grinding it out, getting hung up on when you're making cold calls, posting on social media, trying to build your following or launch a nonprofit or even just get a raise. And then you turn on Spotify and somebody with a guitar who you've never heard of all of a sudden has a number one record. And if you're like me, a thought creeps in. Well, it must be nice to just write songs, be famous and get paid. So what the heck is the secret to becoming an overnight success? Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast, where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and I've found a guy who has the secret to becoming an overnight success. Shane Allen is the Senior Vice President of Promotion at Columbia Records in Nashville, Tennessee. He's worked with folks like Luke Combs, Kenny Chesney, Marin Morris, and Tyler Farr. If you're not a country fan and those names are foreign to you, but you were around in the 90s, you'll appreciate when our talk steers toward Darius Rucker, also known as Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish. You're going to enjoy the behind the scenes tour of Music City. So here it is, my conversation with Shane Allen. As a senior vice president of promotion, I have a regional staff of five and then a a specialist uh, kind of coordinator position uh, as well. Uh, We are responsible for getting our artists' uh, music played on the radio from coast to coast. You know, the five regionals are responsible for, you know, five different territories across the country, the Southeast, Northeast, Midwest, Southwest, and then West Coast. Our roster uh, of artists includes uh, Luke Combs, Marin Morris, Mitchell Tenpenny, Tennille Towns, and Jameson Rogers. Those are our active artists right now. Wow. So our, our job is once once their their music is produced, singles are picked, which are the songs that you would hear on the radio. Um, we, we work those with our port card being the charts. There's a billboard chart and there's a media-based chart. It's just like you'll hear a countdown on weekend radio uh, mm-hmm. shows that... Uh, tell you where the song's at on the chart. That's that is what we're doing. We're getting radio stations to put the songs on and then to increase their airplay as fast as possible. Wow! All right. So, so your team's in the background making sure that the those folks that are a lot of those folks are you know household names even even all the way up here in uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, when it comes <laughs> to, to to country music, you know, we we do have a few stations up here as well, but. Um, are there any stats that, that you would want to hit us with information that helps us, uh, those of us not in the music industry understand, um, the names definitely help, but help us understand kind of the impact that your team is having or has had, or does have on country music as a whole. Absolutely. And I I should add too, I'm very familiar with the fantastic uh, country scene in Wisconsin. I'm a a Wisconsin native from Racine. That's right. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, anytime I can talk about my, uh, my home state, uh, but yeah, stat-wise, we've we've had a really uh, a really a fantastic, almost uh, almost historic run at uh, at Sony over the last four years. Uh, which about the amount of time that uh, that I've been at Sony previously, I was at, at Capitol Records, which is under Universal Music Group. Um, in the last four years, a few of the, the the bigger stats, Sony overall, and that includes Columbia, Arista, and RCA. Uh, we have, we've delivered eight artists, their first number ones, which Mm. that is one of the most difficult things to do is to take a new artist and bring them to that point and to have eight new artists 
realize their first number ones in that amount of time. That it really speaks to what's happening on the promotion side at Sony. Um, and then specifically with Columbia, um, Luke Combs, uh, he's now a country superstar. We started with him in 2016. Um, his first seven singles have reached number one. And once Jeez. once it hit six, once the number was six, that was a that was a Billboard country record to have your first six singles reach number one. So we added a seventh since then. So it's been a, just a meteoric rise for Luke. And then um, Marin Morris uh, was kind of like a, Luke and Marin are, are the bookends, arguably the two biggest, fastest growing stars and the male and female uh, artist rosters. I would say that uh, Marin having um, she's had three number ones. Obviously, she's had crossover success as well, but um, she her most recent uh, number one, The Bones, was actually a multi-week, two-week number one, and that was the first time a solo female in country has had a multi-week number one since 2012. Jeez, there's a, there's a lot to to go here, but if we if we jump in, uh, feel free to tell stories as well. But what what are some other things that people don't understand? about the music industry, about country music, about how difficult it really is. Because what you just mentioned is impressive for sure. But I also am guessing that there's probably a whole bunch that we don't know about the music industry and how difficult it really is to get these names to have this kind of success. I think folks don't understand that uh, it's uh, I'd call it, it's an, it's an intense 24-7 uh, commitment kind of disguised uh, is going to shows and partying. I mean, that's really <laughs> it, it is. It's, yeah. it's never the, the details behind the scenes and what it takes for an artist, you know, at, a, at the point they're, they've reached critical mass, there are years and years behind the scenes. And um, I mean, it, it goes down into just the little things of, you know, getting calls from the regionals late at night because, tickets aren't at will call or, you know, an artist loses their voice. And mm. that means you have this whole succession of things that were set up that you have to cancel and reschedule, um, travel delays, just, I mean, every possible little detail behind the scenes that you would encounter in any, in any business. Think of all of the daily logistics that exists in the music business too. It's not just the party. And there are so many ramifications when one one hurdle comes up because that affects the artist, the manager, the booking agent, the concert venue, the radio station. It is an all-consuming chore to just get to the point of having a song get on the chart and then work it up the chart. And that is at the point maybe when an artist, you know, first single – starts to get in maybe that top 20 to top 10 range when everyone is starting to, you know, the, the critical mass is starting to really understand who that artist is. Meanwhile, it's been six years, five years, six years to get to that point or more. I mean, it, they call Nashville a 10 year town. Um, hmm. And, and that's accurate uh, because of how much goes on just to get to the point that you're getting off the launching pad. What you were just saying is, is a really great transition into what I have been really wanting to ask you since the, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we first spoke, and that's about that phrase, that overnight success phrase that gets tossed around. Um, so how do you view the phrase overnight success? And um, maybe, maybe speak a little bit more to what you just said about, you know, people have been working on their craft for years in the background before you ever hear about them. 
because uh, Luke Combs is one that that I personally I love that that the music that, that guy puts out. Uh, but obviously, I had no idea who he was until the last couple of years. But uh, I'm guessing he didn't just show up, you know, downtown Nashville, start playing his guitar, and you you know you guys came down and were like, hey want a contract so speak to that overnight success thing a little bit more yeah no i mean as you know i mean luke is is you know he's a great example i mean he you know he kind of he grew up singing um and then in his his early 20s is the first time he picked up picked up a guitar late teens early 20s and uh he was he was going to appalachian state uh university out in North Carolina and, uh, you know, just started playing around town and it started building, you know, he'd play at school and people started following. And then he ended up, you know, he was basically, he was working as a bouncer at a bar and living above the bar. And Mm -hmm. there was a, as I understand the story, there was a bar across the street that had, uh, that had offered, basically offered him, you know, opportunity to play there and, and, uh, I forget how many people showed up, but I think he, he made something like 200 bucks and he realized, whoa, I can, I can actually do this. This is probably a decade ago, um, I'd mm-hmm. say. Right. And he, uh, you know, he, he's really, so he built that craft from a decade ago to the point that when he comes on the scene now, when you hear of him, you know, he's already gone through the, the you know, the club scene building on his own, building his fan base, getting to Nashville, getting a songwriting deal, becoming, you know, an artist getting signed to a record label and there's that process. It just, it, it, every artist has a story like that where they've been honing their craft and, and building up for that moment. And really, I think what it boils down to is that, you know, there are so many talented people out there, but if you want, especially in country music, if somebody wants to make it as a country artist, they have to move to Nashville. It just, it's not going it's really the odds of it happening without doing that are, are next to none. And being prepared for your moment is such a key, you know, being prepared for that opportunity. And when Luke was given his opportunity, you know, he was absolutely prepared, ready to go. He's the same person that I met on day one that he is out in public. Now he's just a, I think that's part of what draws people to Luke is that he's just, he's that, that every guy he's you know mm-hmm. as personable as he seems like as, as he is you know and, and that continuing to be yourself and being ready for the absolute time crunch of your opportunity is is key mm-hmm. because as soon as you start on this path as soon as you're launched i mean it is you know six seven days a week traveling meeting radio radio programmers across the country and you're playing shows as well. If you're a songwriter like Luke is, you have to find time to write because you're, you're writing not just for your, for your own, for your own albums early on, but a lot of writers that can help them financially until at what point they can break through as an artist. And so there's not, I think people think of artists as, Oh man, that's a great job. You just kind of show up on stage and you sing. But behind the scenes, they have everyday life that they have to get through as well on top mm-hmm. of on top of all these other things that build into their career. So overnight success is really it's not it, it, it. I would say that that's not a real thing. It doesn't exist. There's always work that's gone on for a long time before a person comes on the scene on radio or on TV. And see, I find that encouraging because um, 
yeah, it's easy to click on, you know, the, 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 the radio, the YouTube headphones, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you hear people's uh, magical voices and these, you know, beautiful uh, pro- chord progressions and things and, and think that maybe that's just easier for them. And I'm sure somewhere along the line, you know, Justin Bieber got discovered by Usher and then, you know, maybe there was an element of overnight for him, but there's still, it's encouraging to hear the grind that these superstars still have to go through in order to maintain once they get there. And that's kind of, it's relatable. It's relatable to, uh, to, to, I mean, obviously, obviously I'm not a household name like Luke Combs <laughs> and I, I can't I can't, you know, sing like him at all, but it, it's, uh, um, it's encouraging to hear that he, even now uh, he has to balance, he has to find a rhythm in real life and his work, his craft, and then uh, all the way to the point of, you know, finally the, the production. Absolutely. I think, and, and I think to your point, we can all relate to that because in what we all to stay for all of us and in our respective occupations, stay on top of our game there, there's preparation. There's always preparation and it's, no different with music artists and in growing their careers and in staying at the level they're at or you know maintaining and growing there's always preparation there's always work behind the scenes and there's a team of people that are working with those artists as well just like there would be a team of people who work with the owner of a company you know they're the mm-hmm. head of their own corporation that makes sense that i'm starting to I'm starting to get a little bit more so then uh, the next question i've got if if we put all things equal which obviously they aren't but let's just pretend for a second that it you know all things equal writing ability voice control i just threw a couple words in here instrumental skill set you know Mm -hmm. basically you're in nashville you're pretty good but everybody around you is pretty talented what what is it that you've seen that the artists who become superstars possess or display that help them and cause them separation from the rest of the pack i'd say two things um having a story a story that they can communicate. Again, there are so many talented. We all have friends and family who have some incredible talent, but you have to be able to to put a, a story, a, a framework around that talent that that makes people want to hear to hear you, to hear your story, because mm-hmm. uh, because it, they want to somehow relate to you or look up to you. Your look, you know make a connection with your past, how you grew up and their past. So just to be able, and, and there's so, so many different stories, you know, I mean, it, it, every, every artist has, you know, sometimes it's pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and sometimes, you know, it's that, uh, you know, they were the, you know, they were like Luke Holmes. He was only child from a blue collar family and it just, everybody's got their story and how they tell it is so important to connecting with the fans. And then also, um, Part two, and probably actually the most important part, and just like again in anybody's occupation, it's it's a work ethic. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it is a blue collar work ethic that you continue. You be the one that shows up. Um, and there are days just like us. I mean, you know, you feel a little under the weather. You know, man, I really don't want to go into the office today. Whatever it is, well, these folks have to step out on stage and be the entertainer in front of hundreds and thousands of fans on their day. They didn't want to go into the office, right. but you yep. have to, but, but each day these artists who not only succeed, but stay at, you know, stay at a high level, 
Um, they remembered that even though this is the, you know, whatever, the 567th concert for them, it's the first for a lot of those fans out there. And they just keep, they show up and they do their job and they do their craft and they do it well. And it's, it seems basic, but it's so important to any occupation. Yeah. But in particular, when you're, when you're trying to keep the attention of the masses is so important. That's good. That's really good. And again, encouraging because it's applicable work ethic, grind every day, showing up uh, and then can then connecting with people what, through your story. Um, whether you're selling a product or you have a service to provide, you're cutting people's grass, you're uh, cutting people's hair. I mean, you know, everybody, you can go wherever and get the, a lot of these same services, but what's the, what's the story and how, how hard are you willing to work in order to maintain that business, that occupation? That's good. Hard work often is what leads to the opportunity Mm. and, 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 and providing the moment, you know, that it really is. If you don't show up, you can't have the opportunity. Right. Yeah. And, and, and going into my, this other question that I had here, I I feel like you have a particularly unique view on the word luck uh, or Mm -hmm. right time, right place kind of a thing. Because again, similar to the overnight success, I'm wondering, you know, I have my inclination based on this conversation so far, but how important is, you know, in quotes, luck or right place, right time in, uh, in making it in the, in the music industry? Timing is a huge thing. Um, for sure. If you're an artist, being who you are consistently and working hard and then having a trend, you know, trends change. Um, the pendulum of country music swings from a little bit more of a pop leaning side of the format to a little bit more of a traditional country side of the format. It's all always in there between the bookends, but depending on the year, the day, um, what is the most popular, uh, you know, again, it swings like a pendulum, but as as an artist, being who you are and having the trend come around to who you are is the absolute best way, the way to having major success. You could try to chase trends. People do that. You know, okay, now, you know, this artist is popular, so you're going to have a bunch of folks signing people that, yeah. you know, seem like that art. But it's I had I had an old boss who used to say, I like to fish where I like to fish where they ain't. Because when when you do that and then the fish come along, you're the one sitting there and, you know, able to hit that school of fish. Um, so luck in that sense, it's still not – I don't see it as luck, though, because it's the determination to be who you are and stay who you are. Now, it may look like luck because, oh, man, you know, fortunate for you that uh, the traditional country has has uh, come around to, you know, to who you are. They're the Best example from my past is uh, an artist named John Party, and it took like six years, I want to say it was, before he had his first number one. And that was after he had, you know, that's just when he was signed on the label being worked to radio. But Mm -hmm. John was the traditional cowboy, California cowboy, when that's not where the format was. But he was who he was. He was in his own lane. And then, man, when that came around um, with his... uh, the time he had a, his album California Sunrise, uh, it just it took off because he maintained and he didn't give up and he kept putting in the work and that's when the opportunity came around. So I don't ever really think it's luck. Timing is key, but it's always you know a lot of times you hear artists talk about you know they were ready to give up but they decided they were going to give it you know another month and it's in that next month that going one more month that next week that next day that the opportunity shows itself. 
that again, encouraging, but the, the, the right place, right time. Again, from my perspective, could could look could seem like Luke or uh, John Party or whoever was in the right place at the right time, but they were they were maybe there at the in the right place at the wrong time. You know, 146 times before that, exactly. but I didn't I didn't you know I didn't see that time. But the grind, coming back to that that work ethic and knowing who you are and and putting yourself in the position to succeed. So, um, shifting gears a little bit, this is more on the selfish side for, for me, it's in that vein of stories and, and, uh, and, and your experience based on uh, what you do in the music industry. So uh, who's the most intriguing or one of the most intriguing people, who's the most intriguing person you've met in your career and, and what was, what was it about them? What is it about them that makes them intriguing to you? Darius Rucker. It's, he's such, he's always been so interesting to me as I was fortunate enough to work with Darius when I was at Capital, I was at Capital for almost a decade. First, Capital was uh, part of EMI, then EMI was uh, merged with Universal. So it was I kind of spanned both times there at Capital, and uh, was fortunate enough to start at the beginning with Darius when he started his country career, um, and up through his, his first handful of uh, of number ones. What was so intriguing to me about Darius was that. He was already he was known as a he was a superstar, a worldwide superstar as Hootie and as as the frontman of Hootie and the Blowfish. Yep. A lot of people he was branded as Hootie. That's not where the name came from, but he was branded as that was he was Hootie. People thought of him as Hootie. Sure. Uh, I think that Crack Review Mirror um, that was it's a top twenty. It's one of the top twenty best selling albums of all time, all formats, everything. I know it's over. I think it's over twenty million albums sold now. He sure. was. Legitimately, from that, you know, everybody knew knew who. If you saw him walking down the street, people would say Hootie, 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 Hootie. Darius grew up um, in South Carolina, and I mean, even back in the day with Hootie and the Blowfish music, uh, there were times where they were they were told some of their music was too country pop radio. Darius always had an affinity for country. He had some influences in his life that that listened to country, so he. He is a student of the genre uh, when he was first signed or when he had his first meeting with uh, the head of capital at the time, uh, he came in with a bunch of traditional sounding country songs. And so anyways, long story short, he was signed to a record deal at Capitol Records. And, you know, over the years, a number of pop and rock stars have tried to cross over to country because sometimes, again, country has has influences from so many, so many different formats. Sometimes it's an it's a natural extension for certain artists or, or specific songs to have a moment. Darius is the only one, only one I would, that in in current day, anyways. I'm just going off the top of my experience, so maybe back in the day there was a. But Darius is the only one in current day who has crossed over from superstardom in the pop world to superstardom in the country world. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that happened was everything we've talked about so far. And it was so, so, so incredible to be a part of and be able to see it happen um, because Darius came in and he literally said, I want to be a new artist. I'm going to do everything a new artist would do, period. Like, so Darius wasn't just coming in saying, treat me like I'm the guy that sold over 20 million albums. Yeah. Treat me like I'm the kid that just got signed off the street. And he literally hopped in the car with us and we went station to station. He was playing bars. He was playing like this 
same guy that was playing worldwide <laughs> stages were in bars playing for 50 people and and he was just continued to make and, and it was such an interesting dynamic because you could see the people in the bar going holy crap like that's, that's hootie there and then yeah. it was it was so he was proud of of his hootie time yeah. uh, hootie and the blowfish so he wouldn't he wouldn't shy away from that which i'd also seen with other folks who tried to cross over it wasn't just well, i'm just here to play my country music mm-hmm. he would use it as the door opening as a way to open the door for his country songs so he'd play a hootie cover or two and you know he'd, he'd hold my hand he'd play or let her cry while he mixed in his first his first country album and he's playing in these bars and instantly that drew people to him he was able to put his ego aside and work as hard as any artist I've ever seen work and just drive down the road and we didn't have time. We'd grab fast food or just you and, and Darius and, hey, man, if you got to work, I can drive. Don't don't worry, man. You can make some calls. I'll drive, whatever. I mean, he just, it seems like, oh, that's such an obvious lesson. But for it is so hard for people to put their egos aside and, and yeah. just to watch him do it so effortlessly and so naturally, I think it spoke to who he really is. He's just honestly that college kid that just wants to hang out that's it it's it's amazing i, I just so i think and darius by the way too i think he's probably had around 10 number ones in the country format now which is just amazing <laughs> which and, isn't uh, too bad either <laughs> no no multi-platinum selling country artist after having one of the biggest selling albums of all time in any genre i i'm so glad that i didn't cut that question because that story has so many pieces that i'm drawing from willingness to start over and say, tell me what I should do after being at the top of the heap. The humility to do that and then actually do the stuff that people are saying, playing for 50 and whatever, but not burning the bridge of what people knew him to be. So in one hand, he's got where he wants to go. In the other hand, he's holding on to the past and he's, he's like bringing them together intentionally. That's, that's awesome. That is yeah, yeah, incredible. Uh, one more Darius story. Sure. That I'm yeah. Just remembering as you're saying that 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 kind of that points to all of that. Uh, it was early on in his, I'd say, in the first year of us having him at Country Radio, and it was um, during CMA Music Fest because there were a lot of radio uh, programmers and and uh, radio personalities in town. And I remember Darius said, I think he played at the Opry that night, maybe, and he wanted to hang. He he had. Uh, he told one of us that he, he'd like to go hang out with some radio folks that night. So uh, we went with the with the programmer and a couple of morning show folks to uh, just a random pool hall here in Nashville, shoot some pool. And it was kind of busy in there, but, you know, we were kind of in the back corner. And obviously Darius is somebody that, you know, would get recognized from time to time. But people aren't looking for Hootie, as they would call, you know, think of him. Right just in a random bar. So a lot of times you could just kind of fly under the radar until somebody came face to face with him. So we're just shooting pool, et cetera. And in, in, in Nashville, live music is everywhere. And um, so while we were playing a little a trio of uh, folks had started to set up in, in the corner and uh, you know, they started to play and it was a, it was like a little bluegrass man. So they're over there playing and they're shooting pool. And I can see him like he'd stop and he's just watching and listening and watching and listening. And uh, after a little bit between uh, we're playing, I think, teams. And so uh, when Darius wasn't playing after a bit, it's like, wait, where'd Darius go? And sure enough, he was over in the corner talking to the man on their first break. 
and you could see uh, the eyes of the of the like they're realizing who this is talking to them yeah. and you know they're going back and forth and sure you know they come they start their second set and then they say hey there's over Darius is here and Darius would like to come up and play a couple songs and that's just who he was and he literally and he came up and started to play a couple of bluegrass songs with this band in the corner um and, and again just that is who that's who he is so it's natural to him and that's that's why it worked he was he is just his authentic genuine personality and a work ethic that allowed him to do something that literally no other superstars have been able to do there might have been moments where somebody had a song that worked in country but nobody sure. in in this in modern in, in recent times has been able to build an entire career coming from another format so I don't know uh, what I would have listened to this afternoon, but I know what I'm going to be listening to this afternoon. <laughs> it's it's basically sure. whatever Darius Rucker's got going on from the past into the to, to current times because um, I buy into people and their stories too, and uh, that that is fantastic. It speaks to him as a person, and also you know I I do enjoy his music, so that that helps as well. But um, thank you for sharing all that. I mean I'm, that is so rich with lessons of starting over and willingness to learn and humility and um and just being who you are and if if it's not who you are it's going to come out over time um Absolutely. so uh the last question that i've got for you is uh maybe not maybe not an easy breezy one but one that i'm interested to hear again uh, it's not necessarily about the artist but more so about you so what's the most impactful or one of the most impactful lessons that you've learned in your career so far honestly it it all goes back to blue collar work ethic man uh, be the person Great. who shows up i think i had an old boss who would say act without being ordered or asked act be there show up uh, I think also too, it's important. You have to be willing to be, and, and again, this is, applies across any job, any life situation. Be willing to be as flexible with others as you want them to be with you. You know, just remember that, and remember too that you don't know what some, what another person is dealing with in a particular day. Mm. So yeah. you know, often I still, you know, everybody has to check themselves. You know, something maybe a frustrating situation comes up, and and the first uh, inclination is to want to go just hit that with full force. Just being a listener of the situation, whatever it is, um, and and just being understanding that there's there's a human condition at play. Realize that. Take a breath. Be the person that shows up for everybody, and uh, no matter where you're at in your career, be willing to be the one that works the hardest. I love it. This, this conversation for me was encouraging. It was fun. It was insightful. And uh, Shane, thank you. You, you probably have 3,500 other things that you could have done with this time. So um, thank you for being who you are for, for representing Wisconsin so well ah. down in Nashville. <laughs> thank you. Um, Thanks very much for your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks. Cheers. All right. The takeaway and action item. Takeaway. Whether it's making music, winning sales, waiting tables, being a mom, writing a book, running a marathon, or graduating from college, all of them come down to years of hard work before becoming, in quotes, an overnight success. It doesn't exist without hard work. Action item. Be prepared for your moment. How? Put in the time right where you are, day in, day out, 
and hone your craft. Then when you can align with somebody who has influence in your field of interest, take a chance. Maybe listen back to what Shane said about Luke Combs and being a bouncer and his opportunity. He was ready. We knew him when he blew up, but there was years that came before that. If you want more content, we have dozens and dozens of other episodes just waiting for you. All you have to do is go to ccbtechnology.com slash podcast. You'll have access to conversations that span personality assessments, the power of optimism, winning a medal at the X Games, and resources that'll help you grow as a leader. If you're listening on your phone, please click subscribe, share this episode with a friend, and consider giving us a five-star review. We appreciate it big time. And as always, from all of us here at CCB Technology, thanks for listening.